Maybe you've outgrown some of your friendships and you find yourself craving more connection with people who are more like you. Maybe you've moved to a new city and suddenly your social calendar has a lot of blank space on it. Maybe you're just one of the many people who experiences some loneliness in their life and some absence of deeper, more fun, closer connections. Today we're talking about making friends as an adult. And I'm going to be sharing with you five things that I put into practice that have been helpful for me, especially as somebody that moves a lot in creating new social connections for myself. And I also know that this is such an important conversation for so many people as well, who often feel pretty alone, like they don't belong, or like people around them don't really get them. This episode is for you. You are listening to the Bold as Love podcast. I'm your host, April Star Boyd, and I'm a psychotherapist, relationship expert, and breathwork facilitator. And this is a place where we talk about how we're showing up in our lives and in our relationships and in our conversations. So we can do that with a little more grace, a little more authenticity, and a little more ease. Thanks for being here. So when we're younger, <laughs> right, it's a whole different ball game because essentially you made friends with people because that's who you ended up sitting beside in science class, right? Because that's who your roommates were. We have all of these built-in opportunities when you're young to build relationships with people by repeated contacts with those persons over and over again. Think about when you were in school, right? And you're getting to know those people every day just because you're close to them in proximity. As an adult, we don't really have access to that in the same way. Maybe your workplace doesn't really have, you know, a lot of contact with the people around you, or maybe the people you are having contact with, you know, nothing's really forming or developing. And the other challenge that we have as an adult is we're all really busy. So not only do we not have the same opportunity to build connections with people as we did in our youth, we literally don't have the same time and energy for it. We're full. And then it becomes this kind of cycle where it's like, I'm overly busy and now I have nothing and no one to hang out with. I'm overly busy and now I'm alone and I have nobody to send a text to. There's some really concerning statistics around this pandemic of loneliness that so many of us are experiencing. Harvard, a report from Harvard says that 36% of people experience serious loneliness, serious feelings of being disconnected from the world around them and having nobody to reach out to, nobody to check in with, a lot of alone. 58% of Americans reported feeling that no one actually knows them, really. Ugh, and I can feel that in my belly 
even as I'm saying these words, that is an awful way to spend your life, right? And so as we're looking at this challenge of how do we build our circles? And for me, that's, you know, how do I build my circle? Not just with people that, you know, fill the room, but that fill my soul, that connect to, you know, who I am, where it feels like it's safe to be my full self, say what I think, share my thoughts, be who I am, share what's going on in my life, because they're able to meet me at that level. So here's five ways that that I try to build those connections in my life that have been useful to me. Feel free to leave the apart the ones that don't feel good for you. And I would love to hear for you, from you. What has helped you to build connections in your world? Because this doesn't just happen. It's intention and it's effort and it's action. So here's what this what's been helpful for me. <clears throat> the first one is to create what you need. What would you love to have? Are you looking for a yoga buddy or somebody to go to a workout class with? Are you craving a connection of other moms who have kids a similar age as you? What is it that you would love to have? What are your needs? I remember talking to a woman one time who was talking about the loneliness and isolation that she was experiencing in her life. And she was describing something really noteworthy. She was saying, you know, there was this one neighbor on the street that used to organize things for, for the women, the other women in the neighborhood, right? She'd put together little events, little potlucks, whatever those things were. She said, you know, that was great because that kind of gave me a bit of an opportunity to like start building some relationships and meeting new people. She said, but then she got engaged and now she was just doing couples events and I don't have a partner, so I wasn't included. And this person was like angry, right? And hurt by this. And I said to her, here's the thing. Everyone is just trying to get their needs met. She created the circle of women's hangouts because she had a need for female friendships at that time. As her life has evolved and changed, now she has a need to connect with her identity as a couple, to build her support system as a couple. This is not a rejection of you. This is this woman's needs have evolved and changed. And she is being proactive in meeting her own needs in the world. You cannot delegate responsibility for your needs to anybody else around you. This is your job. We can't sit at home and be mad that nobody's calling us when you haven't called anybody else either. We can't be mad at people for not creating events that meet our need for social connection or activity when you're not doing that either. We have to stop delegating responsibility for our own wellness to somebody else. So when I moved to the city I'm in now, and I haven't been here for very long, one of the things that I knew I had been craving and that I really enjoy is connections with other female entrepreneurs, 
right? We're kind of living a similar life. There are certain topics that we can really get into that I can't necessarily talk about with some of my other friends because that's just a different world than they're a part of, right? It's not necessarily interesting to them, understandably so. And I knew I wanted to connect with female entrepreneurs. So I created a group for that. I put together a Facebook group. I did a few Facebook posts and said, I'm hosting this event, right? You're invited. And that's grown into like a really cool thing where I've got to meet like-minded women and women that, you know, I enjoy their company and it's becoming a social connection for me, but it also benefits me and my work because I can have conversations about, you know, my own career growth, my own work inspiration, right? So this brings us to our next piece, dual purpose. As really busy people, I personally don't really want to get together for coffee, right? That kind of feels like a first date (laughs) and a first date that is like a big risk of time. I'm going to get ready. I'm going to drive across town. I'm going to try to find parking and I'm going to go and sit and see how it feels to chit chat with this acquaintance and see if we are similar and if we click. That's a lot of work. And it's risky. Maybe we click, maybe we don't. Maybe this has been a good use of time. Maybe it's actually just kind of been draining and disappointing. Instead, I like dual purpose. I don't want to go for a uh, coffee, but I'd love to go for a hike because then I know I'm going to enjoy myself anyways. Then I'm still getting some benefit of this time and effort even if this person and I have really different values or ethics or beliefs or interests or needs, right? If I click with this person, that's a cool bonus, but either way, I'm going to have a good time. So I don't want to go for coffee, but I'd love to go to a yoga class. I'd love to go for a hike. I'd love to take the dogs for a walk. I'd love to go to a workout class that I haven't tried before. Notice what you are interested in. What would, because this is also an invitation that other people, it kind of does two things. One, it's an invitation that somebody else also gets dual benefit from. And this is what I think has been successful about my women's business group, right? If I say, hey, come for coffee, eh, right? Like we're busy, we're full. But if I say, hey, come and let's chat business, let's talk about what you're working on, let's talk about where you're getting stuck in your business. This is a really valuable use of time. People say yes to it. And then they get the second benefit of it becomes this, you know, really cool circle of women who are like interesting and lovely and smart and all of that. And like, that's a huge, you know, takeaway from this, but it's dual purpose. So what are the things that you like to do? What are some activities that would be fun for you? And Who can you invite to go and join you for one of those activities? What needs do you have? What would you like to experience? Who can you invite? The next piece is you've got to say yes. So I've kind of learned this the hard way where 
you know, I was new in different places or I was working in a new place, a new environment. And somebody would like ask me to do something. And then I rescheduled it because something else came up, right? Whatever that is. And what happens when we reschedule? It doesn't happen again, right? We've now kind of broke the momentum of that connection and potentially the other person feels a bit rejected and they don't try. So when so I have really learned that when somebody asks you to do something and it's a connection that you're interested in exploring, you've got to say yes. Even if it's a busy week, even if you're tired, even if you don't feel like it that particular night, because they're not going to ask again. The message that they're going to receive if you say no is that you're not really interested. And they'll move on and they'll find somebody else who is. So I remember one time I had met um, a woman who seemed kind of really nice and she had invited my partner and I to do a board game night with her and her husband. And I presented that to my husband and he was like, I don't feel like it this weekend. Like, you know, it's been a really busy week and I'm tired. And I'm like, I get that, but these are people that I want to cultivate a relationship with. I actually really like them and I kind of want to be friends with these people. So we need to go. And he is like, okay, fine. We need to go. Right. And was willing to do that. But if I had said, yeah, okay, fine. Uh, we can't, but can you get together three weeks from now? Right. Like it doesn't work. The connection gets dropped. So you've got to commit to putting yourself out there and following through. The fourth tip that I use is I am out early. (laughs) Because we're busy, because I have certain standards of who is a part of my circle and who is not, who I surround myself with, who I share my time and energy with, I have certain standards for that. So, and partly because I'm introverted, I don't want to just hang out with somebody for the sake of hanging out with somebody, right? I'm I'm looking for people that feel like home. I'm looking for people that feel like they get me. So what I've really learned is to both protect my own energy as well as my calendar is when I see the red flags for somebody... I acknowledge those and I take in the information and I take it seriously. So as I started to get to know somebody and I see, you know, for instance, with the board game person, (laughs) what I saw was, you know, as we hung out a couple more times, she would, you know, share more about herself and her life. And she shared some things that she was doing at her workplace that was a huge ethical, ethical breach for me. And I was not okay with that. And I'm out, right? Like I'm out. Life is short. Your time is precious because you have to be choosy as well about who you're giving your time and energy to, unless you're just really bored, right? And like any company is good company and that's also totally fine. But for me, I'm a busy girl I don't want to go out and hang out with somebody just because I don't want to be alone that day. I have lots of activities I enjoy doing in my own self. 
So this is something I would encourage you to think about as well, right? Like solo adventures, solo activities are also really great and give you the opportunity to invite somebody along with that or meet somebody along the way. What we're talking about is designing a life that feels really enjoyable and good. And so for me, I don't waste time on people that are going to drain me on people that are going to take way more than they give, on people who kind of just want to use me for their own purposes, or where we just don't really connect. So when I get that information, we don't really connect. This person doesn't really get me. I feel like I have to censor myself or rein myself in in some way around them, or they are okay with a level of, you know, sexism or racism or homophobia that like is not cool with me, right? That like, you know, if I see those flags, right, that we have very different ways of treating people and very different ways of seeing the world, I'm out. I'm out. So, and I shouldn't say, you know, they have a different level of that. What I mean is that like they allow it to be present, right? Like that's, I don't want to hang out with you right? If you were operating from a racist, sexist, homophobic place, I'm not really wanting to invest my time in you. So I'm out early. Notice the red flags and take them seriously. So this brings us to our next one. Number five, I do not operate from a place of do they like me? I operate from a place of, do I like them? So many women, when I'm talking to them about their social lives or their dating lives, are essentially acting like they are being interviewed for the job. You are the interviewer. (laughs) This is a place in your life, whether that's a dating possible romantic partner or a friendship. This real estate in your life is valuable, but most of us don't act that way. Most of us instead are more focused on what does this person think of me? Do they like me? Do they think I'm funny? Do they think I'm nice? Do they think I'm a good person? Right? We get into this place of being fixated on trying to figure out how they see us. Waste of time waste of time and destructive use of your own energy. Instead, we need to be asking ourselves a question. Do I like them? It is your job to protect your own wellness. It is your job to protect your own time. It is your job to protect your own standards. You are not interviewing for a job in other people's lives. They are interviewing for a place in yours. And if that matches with what they're looking for, cool. We've got a great connection. But otherwise, what happens is you fill up your day and you fill up your social calendar with people that you can't actually be yourself with. Is that really better? Or people that you don't actually like that much, that you don't think are really very nice people, or that you don't really get, that is the worst loneliness. And if you've listened to previous podcasts where I've talked about belonging and loneliness and connections, 
The worst loneliness I have ever experienced in my life was not the times when I was alone. It was the times when I was with people who didn't get me. That is a certain kind of hell. (laughs) So the other thing that helps with this is I'm willing to let myself be known. I heard this expression one time that was like, let your freak flag fly. Let your freak flag fly. Let the quirks about you be seen. Let some of your humanness be seen. Let what you're interested in be seen, right? Whether that's talking about the books that you're actually into in your reading. So for me, the personal development one is an instant polarizing thing, right? If I say, hey, I'm reading this book by Esther Prowl, or hey, I'm reading this book by Leah Said, or you know, whatever that is. And somebody's like, oh, I love that book. Me too. Mm. I now know that they're kind of in the world I'm into, right? We have a similar value and that we both love personal development work. We both love self-reflection, right? So I already know I'm probably going to be able to have the conversations with this friend that I like to have, right? The real stuff. That's what's fun for me. So, but this also kind of works to screen out interview candidates, (laughs) right? If I share some pieces about who I am and what I'm into, and that doesn't really click for them, or they think that personal development work is weird, or they don't really get self-help books or whatever that is, like maybe we'll connect in other ways, but like maybe we won't, right? Maybe this has been like, okay, we, it's not a love connection, we're actually looking for different things in our friendships. And that's totally fine. There's nothing personal in that. There's nothing wrong in that. I don't have to feel bad that they think I'm flaky or weird for being introspective and into therapy world. I don't have to think that they're bad or wrong for putting their head in their sand in their lives, (laughs) right? Like different things work for different people. But you have to know and start taking it seriously of what works for you. What are the kind of relationships that you're wanting to cultivate? So I hope that you found that useful today. Again, the best way to support a podcaster is to share this work. I would love it if you shared this on Instagram, tagged me, shared it with somebody else that might benefit from it as well. And I thank you so much for being here. I'll see you next time.